0: 11 of Friends, Beer, Coffee, an autobiographical podcast for the hell of it. I'm your host, Joel Gretzik, and today I've got one of my favorite people, uh, Greg Washington. How are you doing tonight? Good. 1-1. One, one. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 11. It's two.
1: It's uh. It's, sim- it's symmetrical, right?
0: Yeah. Same backwards and forwards. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> How are you doing, Joel? I'm doing great. You've, uh, you had at least one other podcast I know you did today. You were talking with some beer friends on a podcast. Did you do tell me about that? No.
1: um, I started, uh, my, well, so I don't, do, do we want to start? Okay. We start there. Um, because we, we go back. So like, I, I'm a, I'm a, I will call myself a vlogger now. So I get in front of the, um, the, uh, YouTubes and the Facebooks, get behind the camera and just start talking. Um, I started off as a blogger, but um, I ended up feeling that vlogging was more my thing because I can just get behind the screen and just talk. So today we had i am um, one of my newest vlog series is called uh, The Business of Beer, where I bring in people and we talk about the business of beer. And since um, when this is being taped, we are we're still in the middle of a global pandemic, hopefully middle to end, but we're in the middle. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Uh, it's just really interesting to talk to people in, in the business of beer about how, you know, what's going on with beer and, um, you know, how everybody's surviving, how people are working and not working, um, how people are getting through because um, it's, you know, it's be at this point it's beyond the beverage and more about the people who produce it and people who serve it and, you know, them not having the resources that they had before to support their family, put food on the table. So, yeah, it gets... It gets pretty deep, even though it's about you know just, quote just about beer. <laughs> so it gets deep pretty fast.
0: How did you end up interested in beer?
1: Ah, uh, so um, my interest in beer started um when I when I moved uh, or when I lived you know sorry actually when I lived here in Wisconsin. Um, and I just you know I had a love of beer, but the love of beer back then was more about really truly the love of the buzz. Um, so it really started about, you know, getting a buzz about beer. I think everybody kind of starts there. Uh-huh. Um, and then it really became, you know, um, I really didn't, I liked the taste of it, but I didn't enjoy the experiences that I was having. I was starting to get headaches. So I found craft beer through that because I just, you know, wanted to taste and, and see different things. So I just started tasting different beers and, and the rest is kind of history. And I've come to. You know having an appreciation of beer as opposed to just it being another beverage along the lines of you know different beverages, so <laughs>
0: that's
1: where a love of beer comes from
0: It makes sense, and you're fairly interested in beer education as well, right?
1: yeah, um I don't know I believe that people I believe kind of with anything um, you know education brings more understanding and more understanding brings more people in. And um, specifically just for craft beer, I just love the um, environment and the people that, you know, generally most of the people that are in it, you know, they can't love all of anything, of course. But um, sure. just, the, just the love of the industry is just a, a real tight knit group. And I could see that really early on when I first started going to these beer festivals, because when one of the things about learning about beer is that you go to these festivals. And the reason you go to the festivals is because there are many different brewers there and they bring many different beers and there's many different styles you can taste. So in one place you can really, um, expand your palate as far as beer goes and you can learn a lot too, because a lot of the brewers are behind, you know, they're pouring and then you can just start meeting brewers and you really see that, you know, you really start to understand that these guys are just, you know, chemical engineers or, um, you know, at home dads who started brewing and, you know, again, they're just, you know, regular people, mom and pop shop people. And, um so it was easy for me to jump in as far as being involved in a community where it seemed like people were kind of really all for each other it wasn't really really that much competition everybody's for each other you know generally speaking again there's was, was always some bad apples but um you know you know and I know you're you know you're Craft beer industry adjacent, as I think I've called you once, (laughs) or um, (laughs) right. So you know what I'm talking about, and I know you personally too. So you wouldn't, um, and you don't (laughs) associate yourself with things that you are not. I don't want to say you know maybe not morally aligned with, but like you know they got it has to be a good thing for you to be one and be involved in it. So. I know you know what I'm saying when I feel you know what I'm talking about the yeah. the industry just just the camaraderie and the love that generally speaking is there so that's something that does bring you in um, I don't know I guess it brings everybody into whatever you know subset group you are whether it's um, I'm doing a <laughs> I'm I keep looking at it so this reminds me I'm doing an interview with I'm a brewer from. Um, or I don't like to call them interviews because I'm not a journalist, so I'm having a conversation about that with a okay. brewer next week. <laughs> um, stable, he's from stable 12, and I keep looking over there and I keep seeing stable because I, I, I had downloaded his um picture for promos. Um, long story short, I mean, if you're, if your group is you know people who like horses <laughs> and you know you got into it and then you realize that hey man, all these people who like horses are really good people and man, I didn't know that there was, you know, I thought that there might be more competition with horses and, you know, cause so, you know, some of our things that we partake in, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, like competition and stuff. Um, the thing that jumps off at me is I don't know if you've ever seen Tala's and TR's on TLC, oh, but yeah. that's just, yeah. So that's one thing where, you know, the competition's high and it doesn't seem like there's much camaraderie in that industry. How about that? So, oh, so right. you, you get that feeling from crap beer and that's what kind of keeps me, um, going as far as, um, you know, interest and stuff like that. So it's nice.
0: Awesome. Um, we, when did we meet? Did we meet through dad 2 first or did we meet at the beer bloggers conference? I think it was probably dad two.
1: Yeah. Um, I, it's funny because, um, you know, you know how it is when you go to all these conferences and you meet, and you, and you meet all these people. It's hard to almost pinpoint, like where <laughs> you ask somebody. And actually, for you, brother, I can pinpoint it. Uh, oh, almost, almost, almost to the, uh, to the time, and not to the time of day, but the time issue day. It was yeah. the, it was the welcoming reception, for Dad two, in San Francisco. I'm almost 100, and I'm, I'm, well, can't be more than 100, so I'm almost sure. 98% sure we nice. met there, um, and we met, and I'm pretty sure that there was some, I'm pretty sure we knew each other, like, online, or there was some, like, contact online, because I immediately saw you and met you, and we just started talking, like, almost, like, right outside the, like, when you, there was, like, a, it was, like, in a restaurant. So, it was, like, the back part of the restaurant. It was a hotel restaurant. And I think they, they, like, cut it all off for us. And, like, when you first walked in, there was, like, you know, like, no one could sit there because I think, you know what I mean? It was, like, a private event. So, like, there was just a whole oh, bunch yeah. of people. And you and I saw each other there. And we just got into this big old conversation about blah, 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 going back and forth. And, like, I don't know. It seemed like, um I don't know. We were very comfortable with each other, too. And we're not. I mean, we're both. I'm very outgoing in settings like this and I think you are too but like I'm not really that I'm not really that outgoing where I'm just going to like download half my life on you but we almost like downloaded half our lives on each other like we we did like we knew each other like you know what I mean so it was just one of those things where um you know um my co-host Doug from my Friday show or Friday stream I like to call it um him and I were the same way at that too like um, sometimes you just have that personal chemistry. Like, you just have that chemistry immediately. Like, you talk to someone, and you have that chemistry. And there are many times, too, and you probably know, like, you talk to someone and there's just no chemistry there. <laughs> like, you're like, hi, hi. And it's not that they're bad people. It's not even really about that. And you actually might be aligned with a lot of either their views or, you know, job-wise or interests or hobbies, but it's just not a – Initial, you know, like man, that's cool. That's cool. That guy's cool. So, like, we had that initial like boom, um, and I don't know. I think we just grew after that, as far as like being online and staying in touch. And then you, we had um, went to the Beer Bloggers Conference in May- Milwaukee together, I believe. And then yes. that's when I met. That's when I met Jeremy Highland, I believe. I'm not I
0: sure. think so. Because uh, one of the thi- one of the few things that always pop into mind when, when I talk about you or thinking about you is uh, us hanging out that one night. There was like five or six of us in a hotel room doing, we were sampling beers and then we had conversations that just were all across the board. And it was the first time I think I saw the expressive Greg you know, the, the, the Greg that gets up out of a seat and will point and get in your face. Not, yeah. not, in, a, not in a aggressive way necessarily, but in a also. I have a point and I'm going to share my point kind of a right. way. Um, that was a long
1: time. And sometimes it's aggressive,
0: but yeah. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> so I, I haven't poked the bear in that way, but yeah.
1: No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, man. I don't know if you saw the stream today. I was getting all heated about Something um, and you can see if you go to the stream, you can see that at some point for sure about um, what Joel's talking about. You won't see it on the podcast, of course, but, um, <laughs> but you can see you can absolutely see it on any of the str- or most of the streams at some point. Especially if I get um, yeah heated about subjects, which I do, and that's I think getting heated is about a good thing because it shows it shows you care. So and it shows that you're invested in um, you know what you're what you're trying to do or what you believe in. So. Yeah, yeah. I ain't apologetic about that. I'm not gonna be apologetic about that. <laughs> and uh, you weren't asking me either for the word.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I was not asking for any kind of an apology about it. No, 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 not no, at no. All. that's <laughs> that's great. And you were, you went, we went to the beer bloggers conference in Virginia as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the whole. I got. I think. I, I think I have the perfect photo that I can use of, of us sitting at that picnic table. I'm on one that's... side of the table and you're on the other, and you've got your pointy finger out telling a story. I don't remember yes. what it was, but I think that's the photo I'll use when I. Well, uh, yeah, that was, a, <laughs> that,
1: that was one of those expressive times. I forget. I actually do. I forget what the hell we were talking about. Um, but I hey, know that I, I for- have no idea. I know that our friend Rita Trionis was sitting right there, too. So yep. it was you, I, and Rita Trionis, and I forget who, uh, maybe um, maybe Liz Garaby, I'm not sure, but there was four of us sitting at the table, or maybe it was Brian Parker It was one of them. It was, and we were just That's all awesome. sitting at the table, and I forget I forget where we were running, but you were just taking pictures, and I think, actually, that might have been your 360 camera. Yes, um, it I'm was.
0: Like, so I'll... Yeah. I'll- manipulate it a little bit so it fits in the header, but I'll post the 362 so you can kind of score on the photo and see everybody's reaction faces too. You could tell the ones that knew you and the ones that didn't based on their facial reactions.
1: <laughs> yes, and then um, that picture went, went went semi went viral between our friends and sure. our groups and yeah. um, and all that uh, groups that we we're all in, and people were making it, it was it was hilarious. It was great. It was fun. Um, it was also too, it also shows your prowess as a photographer, which I always love to talk about, um, or at least love to point out to you, <laughs> well, that, you. um, yeah, you are pretty good behind that thing, man. Um, so, you know, a lot of times as you already know, it's about getting that, you know, you, it's about getting that right snap. And, um, uh, another, again, that same, it was the same, it was the same effing trip, Joel that you got that snap of me in front of uh, Guinness that I still have his mind yep. um I still have so that one too I mean again that has a story to it too and but you're 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 just really good at taking the snaps and being there at the right time and as you know as a photographer um that's really what it's all about I think and I'm not yeah. I'm not going to diminish your skill as like knowing what exposure knowing how to use that machine cuz it's part of that but part of a lot of it, from what I see, is just being right there, knowing when to have your eye in that lens is really, I think, more because people are just so expressive and, um, you know, and especially, well, especially given now, I mean, there's cameras everywhere now, so everybody can take a picture. Right. But yeah. um, so that doesn't mean everybody takes good pictures. But again, like I said, you have a knack for, um, you know, and a lot of really good photographers have a knack of being at that moment and getting it.
0: So yeah. It, yeah. It's yeah. It's almost. Uh, it's really about reading the room, you know, and and being able to kind of predict or hope that you can predict what's about to happen, and then and then catch, capturing it. It's a lot easier now too because with digital, you can just take you know a zillion shots in a row and go, oh, you know, the the fourth one in that series is the one I want to keep. <laughs> You know, that's that's exactly what
1: I do, because I don't I don't I don't think I have, you know, I have a little bit of a knack of like doing it. But, I, you know, not like, you know, again, people who do it a lot. And yeah, you're right, though. It's nice with the new ones because you used to have to worry about, like, you know, having exposures and stuff. Now you can just like rapid fire. Yeah. So that's Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: So I, I'm curious. I know that you grew up in Pennsylvania at least part of your life. And I know that you live in Wisconsin now. Can you tell me a little bit of how yeah, that happened and why you
1: ended up where you're at? Connect those dots, yeah. Um personal stuff. I, re- I rarely talk about it on a podcast, so this is cool. Um long story shorter is um the uh my lady, I call her my lady because we are not married. Um uh little personal thing there is that um me and my lady, I like she wants me to call, it's funny, she wants me to call her partner because she believes that if I call people partner then they'll think that I'm gay and she thinks that's funny and I think it's funny too actually, but I never, it never, it never works and um, it never, I never say it, I always say my lady, your lady, do you own her? Um, if you knew Michelle, you knew that that you probably know that that would never go over forever. So <laughs>
0: that's not. It. Well, I'm. But, um, I'm honestly, I'm bummed because uh, we hung out a while back in. I think it was it Madison. Yeah, uh, with a bunch of beer people, and I had to leave early to get back to do parenting stuff. And some of the other people hung back and got to hang out and have breakfast with you and your wife. And I've not met her yet.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. Um, she was kind of like um. What is it, Vera from Cheers that weekend where, like, I talked about her, but she was never seen? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Until the end. So um, we've known each other for a long time. We've known each other since middle school. So um, long story shorter, um, during high school, I went to college down at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. I went there for a year. Um, I was studying to be um, an aerospace engineer. and I wasn't able to get my funding for my second year. So I wasn't able to go back. So I, I tripled back. I went, I doubled back home and went to college, um, a community college, and was still trying to do that. But, I, you know, I was just young and wanted to move out of the house and really get my own stuff together. So school kind of oh. was like, eh, I'll get back to school. I just want to start my life. You know, I was 20 ish short. And I was like, oh, man, and I don't know. Me and Me and my mother weren't like, really seeing eye to eye at that point. So it was just easy for me to just jump off. So I did. And um am well, so sure Michelle went and the, the lady went and, um, you know, did her thing as far as becoming a nurse, um, went through her full schooling for all that and uh, met, uh, met her husband. And that didn't work out. So I don't know. We kind of met up a little bit um, like a year after her divorce. And she was um, she had a son through that marriage. And, um, I don't know, it was cool cause we knew each other and all that. So we kind of rekindled our little thing we had going on in high school. And, um, she was having, um, you know, I, she was having issues with like custody and like, you know, exchanging visitation with her son. Um, basically long story short, her, her ex-husband was being an asshole as far as visitation and saying he's going to come pick up our son and not and uh, playing games and all that. So Michelle's like, look, I, I just feel I would feel a lot better. And I think it's a better situation if if what we just, you know, if we move away um, and then he can, you know, we, I can work out long term visitation and he can see him for months at a time. And we can work on that because then this way we don't have to do it every week. Um, cause it was just, yeah, it was just. They, it was just not working. So, um, Michelle, being a nurse, took a traveling nurse job, and we packed up all of our stuff and oh. headed out to Arizona. And we were in Tucson for six months. She got a big bonus. Um, she got a bonus out there to go there, and they paid, I don't know if you're familiar with the traveling nurse thing, but
0: they yeah, paid. my, my mother-in-law, uh, well, at least she has done some traveling nurse stuff, and she, she loved it. But she's done that for a few years now, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, and Michelle, Michelle, um, a little bit of, a little bit of, just a little bit of background on her. Um, her father was a teacher, so they always took off during the summer. So Michelle used to be, she's, she um is very um travel, uh, she not travel ever, she's very travel ready. She, she has a traveling background, so that was just easy for us. And I don't know, um, I wasn't, you know, I was again, like I said, I was the start of my life as a young young black male in America, man. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I wasn't doing school, so I was just working and just trying to, like, hustle and just trying to, you know, hang out with my friends and stuff. So I really didn't have anything going on. So when the opportunity to um, meet up with Michelle again and do a little traveling, it was cool. So we, we head out to Arizona and long story shorter, Michelle gets to Arizona and we're in Tucson and I don't know, this is, you know, this is a while back at this point and just the hospitals were just not, they just were not her thing. They were, she's, under her words, they were really like kind of overrun even back then. And it was this, we liked Tucson, but Michelle didn't like her job. So I don't know, she's looking around, she's like, where are going to go next? I'm like, I don't care. And Wisconsin was offering offering a mega, like, like a $24,000 bonus for Michelle to come and work for like a year or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that money pretty much, um, you know, it it didn't equal, but it was, you know, it was close to her settling all her debt with, you know, her divorce and um, all that. And, you know, they had a house together and all that. So settling all that is, you know, the worst can be pricey, man. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we ended up here in Wisconsin and um, she's like, look at Madison, Wisconsin. It's nice. So we looked at it online from Arizona and like, man, it's two lakes, and, you know, we just looked it up, and it just looked like a really cool place to go, so, we ended up coming, we ended up coming here, and um, soon after, we got pregnant, and we were having kids, so the traveling thing had to stop, and we were, I don't want to, I don't want to use the word stuck, but we were here, and Madison is a good place for families, Um, and it is good, um, they have a really good, nice community as far as, you know, raising a family and stuff like that goes, so, it was kind of easy for us to stay.
0: And um, I know you you guys homeschool. Is that something you've done since the kids were little? Or is that something that changed as the kids got older?
1: Yeah, that was part of the thing, though, was that in order to travel, um, Michelle had asked me to homeschool um, her son at this point. But I, I, you know, I call him, my he's my son, too. So, but um, <laughs> at this point, he's absolutely, you know, he's my son, too. But at that point... It was, you know, I mean, we were just getting together and he was young, so it wasn't like I was, you know, I wasn't calling him my son at that point. But um, Rochelle was like, you know, if you want to, you know, if you would be interested in, you know, homeschooling Jake, then we can travel. So, you know, it wasn't in our plans to get pregnant when we did, Um, but it happened and that's cool. But um, so the plan was really to keep going. We were going to come here to Wisconsin and then, um, you know, she's going to use that money. To pay off her, you know, student loans and all that stuff that she had from her marriage. Um, So yeah, we were. uh, So the homeschooling started with um, our youngest, or I'm sorry, now our oldest, (laughs) but he was very young. So I started with, um, you know, we we were doing stuff with him in um, in Arizona. He was only two, so it started there. And we, you know, um, when we when we started having kids here, and I was already doing it. you know we just talked about it and you know um at some point actually though our oldest went to regular school because we thought that was best for him so um
0: okay
1: so then that worked because um i don't believe all kids are all, all kids are homeschoolable um i guess everybody's homeschoolable and everybody's adaptable i just think some kids work better in the school environment for sure without a question this pandemic stuff has really proven me right I've always <laughs> thought this. Now, now it's proven me right because I'm, you know, I'm literally seeing and hearing it from parents about the struggles that are going on, but it's a little different thing though, Joe, because one a, a lot of families at this point, I don't want to go off on a hard tangent, but a lot of families at this point are being forced to do it. And also there's an element of people having to work and the homeschool. So I don't have that. Again, I have work. Don't get me wrong. It is work. Doing all these dishes, making sure the laundry's set, making sure the lady's set for her job, making sure the house clean. We got 2,000 square foot house, making sure the the lawn is up-capped, It's generally not, um, <laughs> but <laughs> it really is. I'm keeping it real, but you know, what I mean, so it's not okay. So my point is that I'm you know I'm working and I have work and I have many jobs to do around the house. But that's just above and beyond what you know adults, parents have to do today during the pandemic. With you know homeschooling and still pulling off their job on the same computer at the same time almost it's, oh yeah i can't even i can't even yeah yeah so <laughs> i homeschooled it's it's great um to, to get back on to get back on point um and answer your question um I, I i absolutely love it it was a struggle early on because they're young but it's just really really fulfilling um for me especially as they get older 16 and 14 now and you can see the 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 what is it, the fruits of your labor. Look at that, pull that one out. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um you can literally and federally, I guess, on that one, but um, <laughs> um you can literally see literally see like, you know, them evolve and the hard work that you put in and the hard work that they put in too. Um you can see that evolving and that's fun and
0: great. What what do you guys plan on doing? Do you plan on going back to the kind of traveling thing in say five years or so when the kids are off to college or wherever they're going next?
1: Yeah, um so the the whole beer thing, getting back to that, man, um it all started because uh that's I, I found a um it all started back at Embry Riddle Aeronautical University where I wasn't able to fulfill or to finish my college. Mm-hmm. Why do you say it starts there? It starts there because um, at that moment in time, I didn't, you know, when 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 you look back on your life and you see, like, the stuff that you went through and the different phases, you really, like, see, like, oh, man, like, that was an opportunity, you know what I mean? Like, man, like, I just moved on, Joe. Like, um, I, 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 I quote, unquote, failed at college. But I never really looked at it that way. And I never really looked at it as a disappointment or, or, or something that I missed in my life until I got to be a parent and I'm an at-home dad. And I want, I'm not regretting it, but it's just more looking back like, oh, man, that's, you know, like, looking back at your life sometimes it's just like, man, this isn't how I expected this to all end up. I'm happy. Don't oh, get yeah. me wrong. But, but... This, isn't, this wasn't how the script was written, man.
0: Mm-hmm. So then
1: that's when you almost give yourself some unfortunate time to like, well, either beat yourself up or feel bad about what happened or feel regret. So then that's when I kind of started feeling regret about, man, you really never lived your life as a scientist or as someone who's really, really deep into science and math. So when I was, exp- when I was doing my craft beer journey, I realized that I was going down the same path that I was when I was in my younger 20s and my late teens of science and history and chemistry and it's all there in in beer it's all there physics all day long man all day long yeah. so i realized that beer is like my second i don't know i don't know if I, you know it's like my second coming it's like my um like my rebirth it's like what i really wanted to do like again not that at home dad is isn't something that i'm passionate about and i love doing i wouldn't still be doing it now if i didn't love it because i would have just said hey i can't do it and it's just not beneficial for anybody. But I, you know, I learned to like readjust myself to and enjoy it. But at the same time, I still, I guess, subconsciously, Joe, was missing that I didn't fulfill what I started out to do as a young adult. So I absolutely believe that me fulfilling this role and continuing on this way of um, uh, learning about beer and stuff is really like fulfilling something that I, it's like almost like a bridge to, back to the past it's also fulfilling um what i want to do you know science-wise and intellectual-wise i i'm one of these people though that has to be intellectually stimulated almost at all times and that could be bad <laughs> trust me <laughs> when you're in like a pandemic and all you know what i mean there's this news flying at you or even like um you know, even if you're not in a pandemic, like uh, election season is a really good time to talk about like where a lot of shit's coming at you, like good and bad. You know, this guy did this, this guy did that, this is going on, fun you know what I mean, like I love that. I thrive. Some people shut down, I thrive. But there's a problem with that, Joel, because then you can just take too much and you can get overwhelmed, and you can get, you know, jaded just like anybody. So I'm I'm really, really happy about where I'm at as far as um the whole beer thing is because um I just feel again it's something that I um, I am fulfilling what I was doing before, so it's just really um it's just really nice to be able to um have that uh, uh confidence that you're doing the right thing um, mm-hmm. as far as you know whether it be your family or not. So to answer your question, I hope to be somewhere pretty good as far as um, my education and my beer um, knowledge and networking by the time my boys are of age and they're moving on to what they're moving on, which I'm not sure when that's gonna be. Um, they're 16 and 14. Um, they're 16 and 14 and they are homeschooled. So they are um, they are more naive, I would say, than your normal you know, high, high school kid at that, that age. So um, we feel that if we have to give them more time to become adults under our wing, then that's what we'll do. So I'm not sure when um they will be moving on but they'll move on when they're ready not when i'm ready and that's kind of where we're at but um i'll be able to again like I said i can at this point i've built kind of a little bit of a um, nice little craft beer space for myself so i can hang out there until i'm ready
0: <laughs> nice and <laughs> some of the hard. things you were talking about doing as far as knowledge is you're working on a couple of certifications and and that sort of thing right
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, I, I first talked about it. Then I first, I first talked about it on the pot. I first talked about it publicly, um, earlier today on my stream. Um, so I'm going to be going to, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be going to Siebel Institute, uh, right up the street from you, buddy. Um, Chicago, There. going to be taking their, um, what is it? Their intermediate brewing course. It's the course that, um, many, many commercial brewers take. Um, I'm going to be doing that in the fall and that's going to help um I, that's going to help me yeah that's going to help me um beef up my education so that I can make a run at the Certified System rome program. Um I'm already level 1. I am currently studying for level 3, which is advanced. Um uh-huh. I figure I well um so out of pandemic times of course. Um the closest that the room test comes to me generally usually is Chicago. So that's a three-hour trip that I have to spend all day doing. It's a $700 test. Um, so I want to make sure, Joel, that I'm going to pass it.
0: Yeah, and the... <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, right, all right. And I'm one of those guys, too, that, like, my mother always told me to be prepared. So I almost over-prepare. Given that I'm, I'm really, I really want to be a master sister runner, at, um, at one point, Joe, and the only thing that's going to stop me is me not being here on this planet, actually. So I'm really going for a master sister runner. So when, when that's really the goal, the second layer is like, with all due respect to it, um, it's just a little bump. And I don't really need to. I really think I need to look long-term as far as getting my education. And I really want to walk into Cicerone test and just completely pass it and then be ready for the advanced. So what I did was I just took the advanced syllabus and just started looking at it and breaking it down and seeing where where my gaps are in education and then lining that up. So I figured that if I will go and get brewing uh, my brewing certification from one of the best places, if not the best place on the planet, to teach you about brewing, um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be on that road to be... Not only advance this around, but I also want to be a master beer judge at some point too. So I'm I'm just going. I'm taking a um, like a big broader way as opposed to just trying to just knock down the like the certifications. Like I don't. I just yeah. don't want to pass a test. I want to know the shit, Joel. There's two things. I can just pass the test if I want to pass the test. Like you know I I we I think you. <laughs> I guess I'm not gonna speak for you. You can respond, but I I learned in in, in public school. That you just gotta pass the test. Like you don't have to know the stuff. You have to pass the test. Like so, knowing the stuff to me was always different than passing the test. So like, I want to know the shit and beer. I don't want you know. I don't want to just pass the test. So um, taking this long kind of long term look at it, and given my situation at home, knowing that um, I'm still gonna be you know schooling the boys, maybe even five years down the road. I'm. You know eventually jumping off on the homeschool thing eventually they're going to um really soon too going to start taking community college because i want them to to be able to um you know um work in a classroom setting if they need to or want yeah. to to advance, to advance their career further um because the whole you know college is a whole nother get, we could probably talk an hour on that, but yeah. i believe <laughs> right but i believe there are some fields that people do that is necessary to go to college. And then I believe there are many fields that you don't have to and you don't need to, but, um, I just want them to have that option there. So even with that, you know, it all works, you know, again, the beer stuff, as long as I keep, um, focused, it's all pretty much going to work in line to where, and you know, in five years I'll be ready to roll and hopefully I can, you know, cause, um, the lady has taken the, um, uh, what's the word? Um, the money, the money-bearing issues, and the um, you know what I mean. Well, what, what do what do call, Joe? What do we call our ladies? Um, the, the you know the. Uh,
0: I I'm mean, a, I, a, I call a, my lady the head of household, but you. <laughs>
1: money, money makers, or you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, bread, <laughs> sorry, yeah, breadwinner, yeah. win- bread breadwinner, breadwinner. So, Michelle's been doing the breadwinning for you know at this point over 20 years. So it will be nice for me to be able to supplement that and help um, in that angle. And you know, she can either pipe down or I don't know. We've been talking about moving and buying properties in different places because um, I don't know if you want to go down this rabbit hole, but Wisconsin's very problematic as far as um, whether it be um, protecting or educating minorities. They're really bad. They're Ranked worse than many places you would think Will be worse like Alabama And Tennessee and Kentucky Sorry Alabama Tennessee, no Tennessee,
0: kidding. Kentucky. I, I, You know what I mean I, Well I mean I knew it wasn't good I, I didn't know it was I, I didn't know it was that bad
1: Wisconsin ranks dead last And I mean dead last In many of these categories when it comes to minorities um, Specifically black people So um, as um, As parents of two Young half black, half white boys, were absolutely and seriously concerned about just the environment here. And it also sparked us to continue and to be even more vigilant about homeschooling. So, I mean, we were before that, you know, and the proof's in the pudding because, you know, when our oldest, again, he went to school, he ended up going to school, but our oldest was um, all white boy. So um, his father's white and his mother's white. So, um that not that didn't play a uh, a factor in whether we felt it was good for him to go to school or not but it does play a factor in whether we want our youngest two to go to school or not and it did and basically the lady said and I quote I ain't fucking sending them there so then <laughs> um <laughs> so <laughs> with that being said um I I I wouldn't put up a fight for this one, and I don't think I need to because um, I agree with her. (laughs) But with that being said, um, you know, the environment was, you know, is different for them um, than it was the oldest. So then that's why But my boys are good homeschool. They get it. You know, ultimately the homeschooling thing comes down to my oldest, our oldest in the house now, 16, Mr. D, I'll call him. He is a quote-unquote slower learner. And and what I mean by slower learner, he wants to, if one plus one is two, he wants to write that down and he wants to figure it out. And if two plus two is four, he wants to see all that work. Whereas, and that takes longer time, you know, longer to process. It's not that he's, you know, slower. and It's not that he's actually, in many ways, he's he's smarter than the youngest who wants to cut every single corner there is, especially if he knows the answer. And he just wants, you know, like, he, he knows the answer, Joe. so it doesn't matter how he got there. Like, he knows four, 2 plus 2 is 4. So next? Yeah, but I need you right. to show your work. No, I don't need to show my work. I know it. I told you the answer. Like, he doesn't argue in that way, but that's the, the space that my youngest lives in. So okay. he's quick, Joel. He's quick. So he was, I had them in virtual school, and my oldest fell behind, and my youngest was too fast. And dealing with that whole thing was just really stressful for me. So having me run the curriculum and me understand where they're at and all that and me monitoring all that and making sure all that, it's a yeah. lot less stress on them and it's a lot less stress on me and it works really, really nice. So I'm not sure why I got back to homeschooling for that question, but I did.
0: No, oh, yeah, I, I am curious, especially because of how you described your kids. You know, I, I've got two little white boys that we do our best to explain the problems of the world and the best ways that they can deal with those and speak up when they need to and, you know, treat people with equity. And I'm wondering how you do that with your kids.
1: Yeah, um, it's it's interesting because it's funny. I'm living um, with the partner being white and me being black um, and and my kids being half black, half white, all that. Obviously, yeah, as you say, it adds definitely a different um, dimension. And I can only really speak for my house. So that's what I'm going to do. But in my house, um, the lady is very, very... um, She's the very vocal one about it. And I'm the one trying to... I wouldn't say dial her back, but I I have a more measured response. Um, Her response is, look, you guys got to be very cool. Like, these people are trying to kill you. And you need to not, like, say anything to them. And you need to be good. And she goes that angle. And um, I'm over here saying... Um, I completely agree with your mother there, but I don't, <laughs> there, there has to be a, a nuanced approach. Um, I've lived my whole life as a black man. I've had many encounters with cops. I've made it to this stage of my life. But I've made it to this stage of my life by um, treating cops like human beings, like treating them like I want them to treat me. But that doesn't always work. And so th- you're almost hearing the same conversation that I had with them. Um, is that and it's the same one I always have, which is that it doesn't always work. So you always have to make sure that you're not threatening to people, especially cops, in these uh, I, I want to say transactions is almost the word I want to almost I
0: mean, you know, all- social transactions that, that's yeah. a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah,
1: but, you know, it's almost a transaction, too, especially when, you know, you know, the cops get called in for whatever reason or whoever calls them. You know, it's almost a, it, it almost feel like, you know, there's like a transaction, there, but it's more of a, the word I was really looking for is interaction. Um, when you're, when you have these interactions with cops, again, the best thing you can do is treat them like human beings, and you can hopefully expect them to treat you back. Be kind, um, answer their questions and all that. But again, that's not always the solution. And there have been many people who have done that and it has gone wrong for them. So that's not always the answer. And I really, Joe, it's funny, um, especially given, um, you know, given the times and given, you know, what's been going on literally today or literally as we speak, there's protests and um, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff going on. Um, I don't have the answer, man. Um, because again, I, you know, so, Part of people, and I and I know you're one of them. So you know, some of us want to fight. You know, like we want to fight. <laughs> not that we want to fight people, but we, you know, like if people are oppressing us, our response is to fight. And to fight cops is not a scenario that's going to get you anywhere good at any given point at anything. So that's not ever really an answer because they outnumber you, they outweapon you, they outgun you. So um, that's really never an answer. So it's really complicated and it's hard, man. Um, it's a, it's 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 a question. It's a thing that you have to continue to. It's a con- it's an ongoing conversation. It's not just one. Um, and I, you know, and I'm glad that you started the whole conversation talking about. You know, I got two young boys and we talk about it too, because everybody has to talk about it. Um, this, it, you know, the it is without a doubt um, an issue with black people for sure. But, again, we have seen, you know, old grand, old white granny getting pulled out of our car. We have seen, you know, all kinds of people getting pulled out of their car. So, again, it's not exclusively black, but it is a black problem for sure. And overwhelmingly, you know, clearly the numbers and all that say that, you know, it's an issue for black people, period. But at the same time, it, you know, it's a police Tally issue, it's a policing issue, it's a training issue, it's a human issue, it's a I believe it's a staffing issue. Um I, you know, again, we over we overwork these guys. We over we underpay them. We under train them. Now again, where is knee to neck in training? Um, it's not. So, or if right. it is, what what the fuck is that training? And so there's a you know what I mean there 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 are breakdowns in many of this. So I'm actually going to the solution as a part problem, but as far as you know, as far as parents and dads, we just gotta continue to have these conversations and just hope for the best, Joe. We can't do anything like like you know, think about sending your boy out with a hoodie, you know, and he's just going to his friend's house across the way to the other apartment and it's seven o'clock and getting a little dark and Somehow, he just gets mixed in with the cops. He's a good kid. I mean, so what can, you know, like, that scenario as a parent, we all face. You know, your kid's coming home from school. Like, again, I don't have to deal with that as a homeschooler, but everybody else does. (laughs) How do, you know, how, how does that work? Even, you know, so it's just tough, man. There's a lot of, you know, with parenting, there's a lot of, um times where you just have to hope for the best and um, as, as a parent that's kind of it sucks but that's kind of like you know there's only so much talking you can do about this you know what I'm saying
0: oh absolutely no, no, for sure I mean and it's a lot of it is just general guidance you know like you were saying and you know the dice will go the way they go no matter how no matter how you react
1: absolutely absolutely so it's it's very um yeah um it's it's one we do we do a thing on the friday show the thing i don't want to think about um this (laughs) is one of the thing this is one of the things i don't want to think about um out loud is you know my my son's safety in this country and just you know having that unfortunately for them being limiting and you know again the things you can do and i don't know it's not even about at night either i mean we've had you know, what was it, two weeks ago, we had the, you know, the young fella in Georgia, you know, just running in his his neighborhood, and he just got hunted down. So, he's just running in his neighborhood. His neighborhood, he was running. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, this is, these are things we wanted people to be doing in the pandemic. And, you know, so, you know, your son says, I'm going off for a run, and the next thing you know, the cops are at your door. So, it's just, I, I yeah, I... Good question, brother.
0: <laughs> no, you're right. I don't think there's an answer. I I think it's super complicated, and it's something people just have to keep talking about.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. It's one end.
0: of those. Other ones. Well, I I like that I can ask you questions like that too. There there aren't a whole lot of people I I can ask questions like that. Um, just in general, you know, religion and politics and race and those are just conversations a lot of people don't like to have, and so.
1: Oh, you know, I'm in for all that shit.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. I'm thankful that we've been able to hang out. I don't want to keep you too much longer. We're coming up on an hour here, actually. Damn. Um, right? That, that was my pretty interesting. <laughs> I flies.
1: We're having fun, man. This always happens on my shh sh- too. Um, I was one of my guests. I'm like, yeah, we try to get an hour, but why I you try to go under. And an hour and a half
0: later, we're still sitting there laughing and talking. It's great. <laughs> I think that's what happened. I was on your show kind of recently, and we we did like an hour 15, hour 20. And then we went off air, and then we had for like 41 minutes just you and me and Doug talking and drinking and stuff. That's, it, I think that's good, though, especially now in the middle of a pandemic we can't really meet person to person it's nice right. we've got someone in illinois and new york and wisconsin kind of just hanging out and talking that's good well yeah and i don't know if you want
1: me i can jump off on that too because um sure. that's that's really um so i i even got asked on the stream or i got asked on the a couple like last week or yeah it was last week someone said you know how are you getting through the pandemic and um, my response was doing these shows, and um, I started the whole "quote meet my friends" um, vlog line because um, I-, I realized that a I got a lot of friends that kick ass and they are doing some kick ass shit, and they're 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 just an inspiration to me. Almost everybody that I do my meet my friends with is an inspiration in some way, and I've taken something from them. And either put in my resume or they have influenced me in some way or they've given me one little idea that i've used or like just their friendship alone is something that inspires me or just looking at their you know facebook feed i don't even have to really correspond with them i can see the facebook feed so all yeah. those people are like you know really inspirational on some level whether it be my beer stuff or not so booking them and talking to them and corresponding with them is me talking to my friends and me like, you know, what do they say You know, one of the things they say you should do during the pandemic is again, not socially distance, but don't socially distance, meaning don't, you know, physically distance, don't socially distance, don't just pull yourself back. So by having my meet the friends, I'm actually, as you said, hanging out with my friends and I'm corresponding with them. And many of them I haven't seen or talked to for a while, and I'm just like, hey, you're doing great shit. What's going on? Um, you know, one that jumps off of me is Chris Sands. I haven't seen him. I don't even think he was in Montana. I think he was in, maybe he was in Montana. Anyway, I don't know if you know him. He's just a beer blogger. He's not just, but he's a beer blogger from Maryland. I don't want to diminish him. But like, you know, I, I, I contacted him and I was like, or, or no, I did this. I was doing the show and he started commenting on the show live. And then I was like, hey, Chris Sands, what's going on? Like, hit me up and, you know, let's have you on. And he's like, yeah. So he was literally hitting me up before I even got off that stream. And then long story short, I had him on the show. And then he's he's the reason why I had the people that I had on today, which is Wisconsin Brewers Guild. Because he was talking about Brewers Guilds and how, like, they're kind of an um, underappreciated thing at the moment. Um, as far as breweries goes. And if people threw some money their way or just shared their stuff, it would be helpful. And I was like, man, I never even thought about that. And point number two, Joe, he also talked about, I don't know if you're familiar with this, is the Beer Me app, which was made out of Maryland. It's an app that lets breweries do online ordering. And as you know, the pandemic has forced them all into online ordering when almost none of them if not zero of them, were doing this before. So the Beer Me app is an app that somebody made and that they pretty much gave away to the breweries. So, to, to help the breweries. Now, I found out about that on Chris Sands, the stream that I have with Chris Sands, and now I'm talking to Chris Sands about getting that guy on to talk about the business of beer, about the Beer Me app. So my point is that, like, that's what I've been doing to get through the pandemic and it's been keeping me I'm um, motivated every day, so every day is a different... Um, I only I book, like, during the week, so, like, I have my weekend still with my family to, well, sit around the house. But... Um, <laughs> but <laughs> during the week, time. I'm talking...
0: Right, right.
1: But during the week, I'm actually talking to my friends, I'm interacting with my friends, and I'm still pushing... Um, you know, I'm still pushing myself out of the box. Um, one of the final... One of the things I'll... I'll final I'll talk about it, but I'll just shut up then. But <laughs> one of the things about the streaming Joel um is that I am very uncomfortable even to this day still doing it. Um I am not comfortable in front of the camera. I've really never been. Um I don't like taking pictures, as you know. My 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 profile picture is something that you took two years ago. So that should tell <laughs> you. <laughs> but I'm not really a huge fan of really Like, either even looking at myself or having myself out there. I'm not a fan of any of it. But this really pushes my, it really keeps me outside of the box. Um, I woke up every day that I have a show, every single day I woke up, I wake up with, like, either, like, a queasy stomach or, like, something like that. And honestly, Joe, that kind of tells me that I still need to do it. Um, It kind of tells me that it's still vulnerable enough for me that I'm learning. Um, I'm not, again, I'm not even really remotely thinking about quitting. But the fact that um, I'm nervous about talking to my friends or I'm nervous about putting myself out there is a reason that I keep going. Um, a lot Many people or some people would use it as a reason to stop. Um, I use it as a reason to keep going because I feel I'm growing. And at my age, I feel that I need to keep growing. I think everybody needs to keep growing. As opposed to when you get to a certain age, you're like, ah, well, I know enough for my job. And, you know, I got a family and I love them and all that. So I know everything and everything's going good. I don't need to learn shit. No, 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 no. I think you need to always be learning, always be pushing. And as a parent, um, I can't, you know, you got to mirror your behavior to what you want your kids to be as opposed to just sit there and tell them what you think they should be, and then they're not gonna listen anyway. So my kids are big YouTubers, uh, but I don't think they've seen one minute of one of my shows, and I don't really care. But what I do care about is that they know I'm a YouTuber, they know I stream, they know I don't like it. Not not that I don't like it, but you know what I mean? Like, that it makes me uncomfortable. Um, They know that I'm outside my box. Um, So that's really, um, you know, there's a parenting angle here too um, with especially the streaming part like again I can go actually Joel it's funny I found out that there's apps that you can sit there and just talk and then it'll transcribe it and then you can like put that in a blog post I didn't even know that existed until like yeah. Yeah. four minutes four minutes ago literally not even joking because if I would have found <laughs> this out you know it wasn't four minutes ago but it was literally like four months ago and that's like for my you know for my blogging life blogging life that's like literally four minutes ago <laughs> yeah, like right? four months ago You know what I mean? Yeah, you feel that. But, like, I really just found out, if I would have known that, Joe, seriously, like, a simple thing like that, if I would have known that when I first started my blog, I would probably still be blogging because I would just talk into, you know what I mean, whatever I need to and hit post and then move on with my life. But I also feel that, like, um, and you mentioned it, too, um, our friend um, Chris Routley, um, it's funny because I didn't think that I would be dropping his name on this podcast. But our friend you know Chris Rowley, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, he's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Chris Rowley, um, I'm um, I was one thing we have to talk about is um I was a board member of the National At Home dad Network for a gazillion years and Chris Rowley was too. So him and I became close over the years because you know, we worked together. Um, one of the things that he said to me during all this, and again, I probably need to have Chris Rowley on my Meet the Friends show now that I think about it, um, <laughs> because of this but he said um greg you're expressive you use your hands and like i don't think that you will ever translate as a blogger you would translate better as a vlogger um and i took that to heart and it took me <laughs> probably like 8000 years after he told me that <laughs> probably 8 months though and you know <laughs> to really or 8 to 10 months for sure but it was always in my head about him saying man you're expressive like we need to see your arms up, we need to see your enthusiasm and you said that too. So then that's what I that's what keeps me going as far as the um you know, the vlogging and stuff goes, is that, you know, I know that there's people that out there that appreciate my exuberance and my expression and my enthusiasm about beer. So, um and the best way to do that is I guess get in front of the camera, so that's why I do it. <laughs>
0: Awesome, and I love that just a few minutes ago, you were talking about parenting by example and the distance between social distancing and physical distancing. Um, and we try to do that because our youngest, he's three. And so when we go out uh, on walks every day, sometimes we don't see anybody and sometimes we do, but we try and, and get the point across that it's like, yes, we need to get off onto the grass while someone's passing us on the bike trail or whatnot. But there's nothing wrong with smiling or waving hello or still letting people know that you do acknowledge they exist and they're there and they're important. You don't mm-hmm. have to just ignore them and pass them. You can still acknowledge them and pass them. And I know for sure our youngest has gotten that because even the grumpiest old ladies that like, don't look, he's still, he's like waving with all of his might, you know, trying to say hello as we walk <laughs> Um The oldest sometimes does and sometimes doesn't, but. Yeah, no, that that that's a great point. So I I think we've reached kind of the the end of the show. I wanted to ask you one last thing, and that is if you can share any any thoughts you might have on uh, me as a person, and if you've seen me change from the point that we met, probably five-ish years ago, to now.
1: You asked, so I'm gonna tell you.
0: <laughs> go.
1: Just go. Whatever you wanna say. Go or. You are an extremely passionate person. Um, if, if there is something that is on your menu and you are passionate about it, um, it it's pretty much going to get done. That's how I see it. Um, you're a man of many different ideas. Um, I'm not sure you have the time to execute them on
0: um. Sure. <laughs> my make sure I talked to my doctor about seeing if I have adult ADHD because that that may be possible. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and and, and that, that that may be right. That may be
0: uh,
1: not your downfall. That may be. Um, I don't like downfall at all. I like Achilles heel. Or um, that is a thing that you have to. I, I would say, knowing you from afar, you would have to monitor, um, that. Aspect of you because you may get yourself into too much stuff, and then I think that you, uh, again, I, I feel your I feel you're hard on yourself, but I feel you're less hard on yourself than you used to be. I feel that you let more. I don't know. Again, I I, I just feel you're less. Uh, what's the word I want to use? Like you're you're more likely to let it just let the flow go than you used to be. I could be wrong, but I just feel you're like you're easier to let things go. You're passionate as hell, and sometimes, man, it could be, like, I don't want to say negative, but, like.
0: um, (laughs) Too much. I get it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Too much. And, again, I I think the word, people use this word for me too, Joel, and maybe this is something that, like, me and you can bond. I think it's overbearing. Like, sometimes I think, and, again, I I don't think it's necessarily, but people have said to me that I can be overbearing. And I'm like, what? But then when you look at it, sometimes, like, sometimes enthusiasm mixed with confidence, people feel it's too much. You know, you, you know what I mean? Whether you are in you know good intentions or not, and I don't know, sometimes you, you may not even be technically overbearing, but they just feel that. And sometimes, again, I can get exuberant, loud, obnoxious, man, especially about politics. I know you can too. And we're both very passionate about that. So... Um, yep. I don't know, man. I think you've I think you've mellowed in your semi oldest age. <laughs> I gotta hey, I gotta I'm, put.
0: I'm coming up on yeah. forty, so. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah.
1: And that well, that and I gotta put some age on you because you got two kids. So I um, got I gotta, I gotta <laughs> put some ticks on there more, <laughs> yeah. more, t- more more ticks than maybe you even deserve, but not deserve. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. two kids, okay, that's two ticks. I got gotcha. you, yep. um, but. Um, <laughs> 'Cause man, these kids put some grey hair
0: on you fast, man. I don't know if you got it coming up. No, I got I I mean, just like before and after from like no kids to kids eight years later. It's a noticeable difference.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. So I again I think you're to to sum up the question, I think you're um I think you've grown for sure. And I think you've mellowed out, I guess if maybe it's that's the word. But not mellowed out to a point to where you're like jello. Does that make sense? It does. <laughs> like Absolutely. you still have a little bit of not a little bit you still got a lot of fight in you, but at the same time I think maybe again like I said I, I kind of know you from afar. Um, it's not like we've you know like lived close to each other. We've seen each other a bunch of times, but when we see each other we hang out tight. So yeah. um, that's usually what happens. But I, I I just feel you mellowed out and mellowed out in a way that like in a good way meaning. Like you you, you set your priorities and you're like, look, this is what I need to do this is what I don't need to do and that kind of brings, I believe as people get older, I believe it brings peace so
0: there you go right on, (laughs) thank you man thank you very much, thank you for spending the time to to chat and as always I look forward to our next conversation
1: yes sir, thanks for having me on Um, it's going to be fun to see what this sounds like